Good morning, everyone, and welcome to this edition of Freeman Means Business Wonder Women in Business podcast. Everyone has a story, and on this podcast, we love to give a voice to the women whose story is moving, meaningful, and compelling. I have some really stellar guests on my show, and today there is no doubt that Ashra Nadim is among the most stellar of all. Ashra, thank you for being here. Thank you for having me. I'm excited. Awesome. Well, this kind of um, happened because I had you booked for a later date, but I'm so excited that someone moved their date for the podcast and I was able to get you in early. I've been very curious about you, the woman, and what you do. So why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? Sure. I grew up in a country called Pakistan, and I have lived there for most of my life, and I moved out about 10 years ago. But um, I started with technology very, very early. So I'm one of the first girls in my family who was sent to school and college, got a job, and did not get married at 18. So that was good. <laughs> and very early on in my life, I realized that true freedom comes from being financially independent. And being a woman, it's not something also the culture that I come from and the gender that I belong to, it's not something that we talk about right. and it's not something that is openly discussed or there's no clear path to it. And once I discovered internet and once I discovered computers and technology, I figured that, okay, this is how I can live my life on my own terms. And later I also figured out that this is a great way to really impact millions of lives and help them do the same thing. And because of that reason, I've always worked with early stage companies, early stage startups, and that's kind of my story. So I want to tell you, you are fascinating. I'm jaw dropped. I'm taking notes. Um, just the fact that you have created your own reality uh, in I would say in opposition to the traditional path of a woman from Pakistan. That's amazing. You're quite the uh, courageous woman, I'll say. Um, definitely a wonder woman in business. I have a couple of people in my vast network, I think would love to know you, one, to know your story, but two, because you're so aligned. Um, have you ever heard of Robin Hauser? I have not. Okay. Well, when this show is over, I'm going to introduce you to Robin Hauser. She created a documentary that was um, President Obama invited her to the White House to do a showing of this documentary called Bias. And then she created a second, she's created many films, but she created a second documentary called Savvy. And it's about exactly that. It's about women who, you know, even some of the brightest of us, don't even know what our husbands make. You know, we leave all of the financial decisions up to our bosses or how we, you know, um, share or spread out our, or diversify our portfolios to our male advisors. Mm -hmm. um, it's exactly what you're talking about, how women have relinquished their power um, because they are not involved in their own financial well-being and they're not even aware, much less involved. So, there's a seven-minute trailer to this documentary out there. I'll send it to you. You might find it interesting. And if so, I'd love to introduce you to Robin. She's incredible. 
Yeah, I would love an introduction. And again, this is, I think a lot of times what happens is that, so for example, culture, your everybody's honor is somehow tied to the actions of the woman. So for in my case, my father's honor, my brother's honor, my family's honor, the tailor who stitches my clothes, his honor, somehow everybody but me is tied to their sense of yeah. entitlement, their sense of honor is tied to me. And a lot of times when we give people access to our emotions, our access to our bodies, our access to our mind, and we give them space in that, we kind of forget keep losing ourselves, And I think money is a great way to get that power back. And also it's a great equalizer because it puts you, it gives you that power to say no, which is something that I at least had to learn how to say. Yes. What a wonderful statement you've made and how true it is. It's almost as if when we speak money, we speak male, right? So we get to control our own, um, you know, our own destiny, if you will, when we have the right. power to say no. So important, important work that you do. You're, you're more amazing every word that comes out of your mouth. Why don't you tell us a little bit about your proudest professional accomplishment? I can imagine you've had many. So I, okay, so I'm one of those people, I don't differentiate between my personal life and my professional life. <laughs> Same here. That's the, I, I look at my life as my life. This is what I've accomplished in my life. And I think the proudest accomplishment I have is the right to be who I want to be. And that being said, I've tried so many different things. I wanted, I started off wanting to be a politician because, oh, I wanted to fix everything in my country. And I started economics and then I kind of dropped the ball, dropped that, went to film TV, discovered technology, started working in tech, started figuring out how to invest in companies, raise the fund, realized managing other people's money is not as fun as it sounds, still do investments, but I'm starting my own company now. So all through my life, there's been things that I've done, things I've tried, give my, my 100% to, and been very, very good at, but one thing I've learned to do is consolidating everything because once you start consolidating your life and things that you have in your life, you get so much more done or so much more accomplished in a day. And I think just getting to that point where you have the knowledge and the discipline to do that is an accomplishment in its own right. It is. It is. And I love that you said that because I am one of those rare breeds that says you must live your life holistically. You can't be someone from nine to five and then someone else, you know, the remainder of the day. And I think that um, in the wake of COVID-19 and shelter in place and working from home, people are starting to realize that it's important that we honor our whole selves and not just our boss from nine to five and then our family from five on, you know, we have to honor ourselves all day, 24 seven. And when right. you do that, you can then share a better person with the world. Um, I'm so on board with everything you just said. You're, you're amazing. This is, this is tapping into the things that excite me most about what we do. No, I appreciate that. Yeah. Well, did you have a mentor? I'll ask. Um, <laughs> 
Okay, so I also don't believe in having like mentors. (laughs) So mentors is a very American concept for me. Yes. So um, I, I I lived twenty five years of my life without having a without knowing what a mentor was or without having somebody else tell me. Because for me, I've always wanted to live my life and figure things out on my own, and somebody telling me how to do things was never my idea (laughs) of like happiness or like getting it right. But there have been people that I've always looked up to, and I think that kind of falls in the traditional sense. They've been mentors to me. So from my economics teacher or my English literature teacher yeah. to, so I think there's been different people in my life who've kind of in that moment been the right person to propel me to my next goal. Yeah. And, um, I've mostly, I've like people that have dated have been great mentors for me. <laughs> um, my husband's a great mentor for me. Nice. So, how so? How so? So how so? So for him, so the thing is that, we have this like, so we have a similar philosophy for life and a similar outlook towards like long-term goals. So when I, him and I, when we talk about things, there's something that I can learn from him. I've learned a bunch of engineering from him. I've learned a lot of first principle thinking from him. So there's things that I learn from him every single day. And that just kind of bells me to do so much better in my life um and I'm sure there's tons of things like how to be cute and fun at the same time (laughs) (laughs) or how to be happy so yeah it's it's extremely important to have friends and relationships with people who propel you in life who help enable you to do better and that being said I've also had to let go of a lot of relationships or a lot of friendships that didn't fit in with where I was in life, right? Sure, so. sure. You gotta you find your tribe, and if those people aren't in your tribe, you gotta move away, walk away, let go. Yeah, and you have to be one again, kind of going back to the your point of holistic living, right? It's yes. the only life we have. So, I agree. I think you're remarkable, and I barely know you. <laughs> I already find you so compelling. Well, let me ask you this, because the work that I do is to give a voice or amplify the voice that women already have. They already have a voice, but they're oftentimes shut down. Um, My work, everything I do, from the classes I teach to the institute that I own and the um, diversity university, all the work that I do is to empower women, women of all walks, uh, all races, religions, backgrounds, abilities, disabilities, what have you. How do you recommend women advise, uh, how would you advise women to support other women, I should say? So one of the things that I think we all need is a solid network. Yes. And one, something I always, something I believe in doing every like six months to a year is stress testing your network. So really stress testing it to see who are your people right now? What it is, is it that you need in your life right now and for the next six months? And who are the people who are going to be there for you? And then how many other people are you that person for? Yes. So I am not somebody, and I openly tell this to people, right? I am not some, if you need like, you know, relationship advice, if you need, um, you know, like 
gossip, I'm not your person. Same but here. if you, uh, and I think setting those rules early on is extremely important. And once you do, just show up. So for example, in my case, I set up about I would say Fridays are my day to where I schedule all of my meetings, which are usually to help other women or other people either. And right now I'm helping people with uh, things that I'm really good at is I figured out how to do angel investing, how to do um, most of my work has been in finding um, revenue models or growth models for early stage companies. So those two things are things that I can help people with or things that I understand. I also understand the Asian market really well, the Middle Eastern market really, really well. So those are things that I can help people with. And Friday is my day when I do that. And I think setting aside that time to help people and then setting aside that time to help them in a way that aligns with who you are as a person is extremely important. That's remarkable. So I have an expansive network and they understand perfectly well that um, guilt and gossip are two worthless endeavors and I don't engage in either. Um, mm -hmm. You just don't do the things that make people feel guilty. That's the answer, right? So just don't do that. Uh, gossip is useless, useless. I, I just have no interest in that. But I do engage in lifting other women up. And that's precisely why you are on this show. And if it's okay with you, I have three women in mind um, who own their own uh, startups, as well as a filmmaker I mentioned earlier, whom I would like to introduce you to. And you can have a Friday phone call with them if that's okay. Happy to do that. Awesome. Happy to do that. And just to kind of quickly touch upon your point about guilt I think so and that's for me personally the hardest thing to get over for me was guilt because, really? oh 100% because I grew up in a very traditional yeah. fundamentally Muslim household yeah and we attach guilt to everything <laughs> even if your arms are like your sleeves on your shirt are like an inch shorter or longer yeah. <laughs> you're, you're supposed to feel guilty about it if somebody looks at you you're supposed to feel guilty about it you're so, so there's just so much like you know you're supposed to feel guilty about your first sip of wine or <laughs> you know the first boy you kiss it was just there's just like so much guilt attached to everything in your life that it's or like you're dark or you're not, you don't look the way uh, people want you to look. You don't speak the way people want you to look. And I think there's just so much inner conflict and guilt. And you're right. It's one of, guilt and fear are two of yes. the worst things you can ever do to yourself. I agree. Yeah. I always say there are only uh, two choices. You can choose love or fear. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's and it. fear is horrible because it completely paralyzes you and it it stops any progress that you can make as a person or as a society i agree i agree so collective fear we see a lot of that right now in this country um yeah. it's insane but i think if we make the personal choice to operate out of love and not fear fear you know fear brings anxiety fear is you know a mental illness fear is mm -hmm. you know all the things we don't want our children to be or have or do, why do we engage in that? I don't. I make the choice not to. Um, so right. I grew up Catholic, which is another um, religion that cares a lot about using guilt as the gift that keeps on giving. <laughs> right. And I just decided at a young age, I, like you, decided to write my own story and own it. 
And it was with that that I said, you know, this is silly. Is any, am I the only person in the room that doesn't see this white elephant, that this is silly, this whole guilt thing is ridiculous. Where's <laughs> I mean, that's how you control people, right? You exactly. either guilt them or you instill fear in them and then you Propaganda. Them. Yeah. And that's what your media does every single day. That's what. Absolutely. Like, yeah. And then, you know, when people are like, oh, this this is what, what's your guilty pleasure? I'm like, I, if something's <laughs> pleasurable, you should enjoy it, cherish it. There's no guilty pleasure. You want right. to eat a plate of frog a... or like a box of chocolate, enjoy every single bite of it. Yeah, to say uh, guilty pleasure is almost an oxymoron, you know? Mm hmm well, let me ask you this. So um, I don't know you well, but if you're willing to share um, maybe a big challenge or setback that you've overcome and how, that would be useful. A big setback. Oh, that's interesting. Um, so for the longest time, I actually didn't have the time to stop and think. So growing up in the environment that I grew up in and during um, my early 20s we also had the uh, U.S. Afghan war so there was a lot of terrorism happening in Pakistan and the country that I was in you have no time to stop and process what's going on everything seems like a challenge everything is a challenge there are setbacks every single day but you just have no time to stop and process them. You just keep going. You just keep doing what you need. You keep your head down. You keep doing what you're doing. And I think that in itself is pretty, now that I think about it, I think it's important for us to take some time and have that inner retrospect and really align ourselves together. Otherwise, we're just, it's a mad race and it's very easy to get lost during it it's, it's lucky I didn't happen to me or like I was uh, or maybe I had a lot more self-discipline but I can totally see there were times when I could have easily gone another way or done something else or completely given up just because I gave myself no time to stop and really just enjoy my successes and really cry or really like yeah. you know just break down for my failures and setbacks i never did that and i think that in itself can be a challenge now because uh, and then once i moved out of pakistan right once i had more time at hand to like really uh process things more it took it was a challenge to just like kind of get to that next step of my life but yeah i would say that you have learned to be in touch with all of you inside out right mm -hmm. Let me ask you this. So this is a part of my show that's relatively new. Mm -hmm. um, it's called the wild card question. Mm -hmm. I have a box of 144 meaningful questions. And oh. I offer, yeah, if you're game, I will ask sure. the wild card question. I love it. You're so courageous and daring. Uh, you're bold. Um, so I'm pulling from the box right now. And you have a moment to think about the question. A historic moment or social change you never dreamed you'd live to see. Oh. <laughs> Not um, even. <laughs> I you have the option to say pick another question. 
<laughs> no, I can talk about this because it's something I've been talking about a lot. So when I left Pakistan, the only reason I left my family and everything that I hold dear to my or held dear to my heart is because of freedom, right? And freedom yes. in itself is like this very, okay, freedom for what? It's like once you, it, it's hard to explain to somebody who's, you know, who's born in the yes. States or somewhere, but the freedom to just think that something different from anybody else and not be threatened by it right as a it's one of the greatest freedoms in the world and i and, think we take that for granted here yeah and it's also like the freedom to have that discourse within yourself with your peers within the people in your community or your society or to be able to say something wrong with the establishment something wrong about the culture something yes wrong something's wrong or something about this religion anything that itself it's such a big freedom and so when I left Pakistan, I was like, okay, you know, that, that was like the biggest thing, right? That quest for freedom. And the first thing that kind of hit me or that's been hard during this, um, the current time is this realization of how quickly that freedom can be taken away from you. Yes. And that in itself has been this, like, I had never thought in my life that I would live through that again and it's almost like ptsd where it's like oh no yes. it's like you know that oh you wake up and you're back to square one kind of a situation yes yes propaganda so, is alive and well and mind control is alive and well here in this supposedly the most free country in the world um years ago go ahead um no go ahead finish your thought Years ago, I did a project called Think, and it had to do with recognizing primary sources in the, in the um, company of propaganda. Like how do you, what, what information should we rely on? And this is after the FCC um, allowed for media consolidation. And we went from hundreds of thousands of independent journalists who had taken an oath to practice journalism with integrity um, to now what we have is just really um, the AP and the Reuters wire services putting out the news and then these entertainment channels spinning it to meet the needs of their viewers. Um, right. So there are generations or there is a generation now and there will be more sadly who don't know what true journalism is or looks like or what an investigative reporter does or the standards of journalism that used to exist. Uh, because now they have, you know, 24-hour cable news network with conversational panels and entertainment, and they spin everything to meet the needs of their political candidate, their funders. Um, it's very sad. So I value very much critical thinking, taking time out. The, the thing that you valued and liken freedom to, I too value. Yeah, so I think it's also unfair to just blame everything on the media or to blame everything on certain groups because I mean the only reason you sell fried chicken is because the people are buying that fried right. chicken right? right so if nobody's buying it you wouldn't make it or you would change your recipe to something that's like people who um spend all this money on NFL sports 
and still fight that teachers should earn more. Well, guess what? Spend your money on teachers instead. Yes, you're exactly right. So, yeah, so one of the ways that I always explain it, or I kind of not only explain it, I kind of practice it myself as well, is that I think of my mind, my time, and my body as the most, my body, not so much because I eat junk, but my (laughs) mind and my time, (laughs) but my mind and my time for sure as something that's extremely valuable and the only two things that I truly own. And I get to decide what I your true freedom, true sense of freedom comes from being able to decide what happens with your time and what goes in your mind. And what you choose to put in your mind and your time is what your output is going to be, right? So it's like yes. a computer. You can't fill it with junk and then expect it to give you rockets in return. Right. Garbage in, just, garbage out. Exactly. So you can't expect to watch like the Kardashians or Game of Thrones or whatever, and then expect that you're also going to be somebody who takes us to the moon. That just does not happen. And the humans are not, we're not designed to not, to always be in this like doom and gloom situation, right? Right. Yeah, like children, young individuals, humans, we need exciting things that are happening in the future. We need to be excited about the future to be able to work on it. And I think that's where a lot of um, disconnect also comes in. And for me, just like as an outsider, it's, it's interesting to observe what happens in society, but also it's sometimes like, oh no, because I can exactly see like you know the train crash i was just gonna say the train wreck happening yes (laughs) and it's like oh no because where else would i go where else would i live like i love living here i want to live here right so it's like oh no well i think that this is um we will have to correct course and either by design or you know it will happen and we will be, you know, taken along for the ride, if you will. So I would hope that we correct course by design, but we'll see in November. <laughs> That's Me my too. Own little thing. I hope so okay. too. And I think there are enough amazing, I think there's enough amazing entrepreneurs and individuals in the world um, and in the U.S. who can make things work, who will make things work. I, I believe in the power of love. And I don't mean that as a lofty hippie piece person, although I'm okay with those people too. Um, but what I'm saying is I believe we will make the right, you know, ultimately make the right decisions and course correct. Yes. Well, you're so fascinating. I'm sure people will want to reach you. If people want to know more about you, how can they reach you? Um, I reply to all of my emails. So you can reach me on LinkedIn, Twitter, I don't use Instagram or anything, but um, if you want, you can follow me every now and then I post something. Um, But otherwise, it's my name at gmail.com. Very nice. And I will put all of that in the blog, folks. Um, If you didn't get to write that down, you can look on my website under blogcasts and you'll see all about 
my amazing guest, Ashra Nadim. Thank you so much for being here today. You're incredible. Thank you so much for having me. This was a fun conversation and I really appreciate your view and point of view on things as well. Thank you. Have a good day, everybody. And thanks for listening in. Bye-bye.